It's really great to hear from outside people with just so much talent, but from a different point of view. Really trying to work towards diversity in the workforce and in our media. There are tons and tons of people with brilliant ideas and really, uh, you know, talented people and of all kinds of people. Hello, welcome everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising black, indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond Ozalanda, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamoto-Wong, the other half of our whole host. Today's going to be a bit of a special episode. We're talking about the new Women in Animation initiative, Stories X Women. Our guests today are Marge Dean, the head of animation at Skybound Entertainment and president of Women in Animation. Heather Kenyon, a mentor of the program that we're going to be talking about today, and a partner at Citizen Skull Productions, and Benoit Janisti, chief representative of FIAF, or the International Federation of Film Producers Association. Uh, would you mind telling us a bit more about yourselves? Uh, we'll start with Marge. Sure. Um, I've been in animation for a very long time. And I've worked on a wide variety of shows, uh, including Ren and Stimpy, Scooby-Doo, Batman. I've worked at smaller studios uh, where I worked on Robot Chicken. I worked at Mattel and produced a lot of Barbie and Monster High. Oh, that's awesome. So my background is professionally is primarily in uh, production management. And I set up studios, I run studios and enjoy doing all of that. Awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What a storied career. That's super cool. I know. Uh, let's continue on with Heather. Hello. So I started, I went to USC film school and I left there and I um, went straight to Hanna-Barbera cartoons and I went there right after it was purchased by Turner mm-hmm. to start producing things for a brand new network called Cartoon Network. Wow. Brand new. A brand new network at the time called Cartoon Network. It was crazy. Wow. So I worked there on and off, I'd say, for a lot of my career. I ended up as head of development there for kids 6 to 11. So uh, all the mostly animation, a little bit of uh, live action stuff for them. Um, And left there in 2008. And then went to uh, Stars Animation, which is Film Roman. And they had a really big uh, feature uh, studio up in Toronto and worked with them. And then I left there and joined uh, Citizen Skull, where I am now. And we have Citizen Kids, which is an animation division. But we also produce documentaries like Street Gang, How We Got to Sesame Street, which just came out on HBO Max, and live action features like Collision, uh, which is just out now in Netflix uh, South Africa. And then in the kids space, we have Deepa and Anoop, which is going to come to Netflix. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, So that's me. (laughs) And then uh, finally, Benoit. Well, hi, everyone. I'm not coming from an animation background, I must confess, but listening to you, I would have loved to. <laughs> actually, you know, did not follow any, any film school, neither. There was only one in France when I was born at that mm. time, pretty long time. 
but I made actually business school and at the same time, you know, from day one in the business school, I wanted to work in film. And I started to work with a film festival in the city where I was studying called Amiens Film Festival. I became Secretary General uh, when I was graduated. And this film festival has a very specific, actually, you know, this was actually in France, a festival which was promoting the new voices coming from Africa, from uh, Asia Pacific and from Latin America. And I've been working 10 years with them, actually, you know, uh, meeting all those you can see today on screen, uh, in particular uh, in America, obviously, but worldwide. And then after, you know, uh, life is sometimes surprising. I, I met people, you know, working for, for the International Federation of Film Producers which is also carrying out um, a program dealing with film festivals. And uh, I joined them. And now I'm just representative of uh, this federation. Great to uh, formally meet all of you. Well, before we get into the formal interview, the way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices, and then you have to choose in between the two of them and then let us know why. Okay, we're ready. Okay. All right. Okay. Everybody looks sufficiently let's, surprised. Uh, let's see if we understand. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And just choosing one option over the other and letting us know why you chose that option. So I'll ask the first one. Which pair would you rather compete against in a newlywed style game show? Sully and Mike from Monsters Inc. or Alex and Marty from Madagascar? I would say Sully and Mike. Oh. Okay. Mostly because I know them better. So I think, you know, as characters, so I think I would um, have a better shot at uh, beating them. <laughs> you have a leg up. I have a leg up. Yeah. As opposed to the other ones. I, I also think they fight all the time. And so my guess is they would not necessarily know each other if, if it's a, you know. Oh, uh, they wouldn't be on the same page. Yeah. They would mm. misguess each other all the time. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> What about you, Benoit? Who would you rather go against? <laughs> Do you even know these movies? <laughs> well, I must confess, I, I, I feel a bit lost because I, I, I know very well Madagascar, but not the other. The other. Oh. I've not seen it. I'm more a guy. Um, uh, the first time I went to theater was to watch Snow White and things that. Oh, uh, yeah. And wow. it seems my mother oh. said to me, well, you, I was four. And um, I made a crisis after watching the film once, asking to go and to watch it a second time immediately. Uh, I don't know whether actually you know, she, she accepted that deal, but just to mention, I'm sorry, I, I'm telling you my own story instead of choosing actually, you know, an impossible choice. Thanks. No, of course, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> How about you, Heather? You want to weigh in on this? I think I'm with uh, Marge. I'd pick Sully and Mike just because they're such awesome, great characters. I'd like, even if I didn't win, I'd like just to spend time and hang out with them because they're so cool. <laughs> I would like yeah. to party with King Julian, though. If I had to pick somebody oh. to party with in this world, it would be King Julian. Maybe that'll be a future question. Who would you rather party with? King Julian will be one of the options. <laughs> we'll think of you, Heather. <laughs> Uh, I honestly would have gone to go against Marty and Alex only because both I think both pairs are good friends, but I sometimes think Alex is a bit too self-involved where I think everything where everything I think Marty's going to answer is like, oh, 
like it's gonna be related to him and somehow so he's just gonna keep thinking like what he likes and not what marty likes it's like oh yeah marty likes what i like yeah we're, we're best friends this this is totally the answer <laughs> me i would choose to go against uh so that you can win yes my goal is to win but marge also brought up a good point i think Sully and mike do bump heads a lot more i think i think mm. just alex just tends to be a little bit more self-involved where i don't think he'll understand the point of the game I don't know. Heather kind of convinced me. Like, even if I lost, I'd be like, wow, that's Sully and Mike. Like, hey, after the game show, let's go. Let's go out and like hang out, dudes. Like, that would be so fun. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go for sushi. Monster sushi. We got one more question for you guys. Who would you rather have as your flying best friend? Pegasus from Hercules or Toothless from How to Train Your Dragon? Benoit, I'm looking at your face. You're not seeing <laughs> It's totally okay. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm realizing that um, that uh, I lost something, and I promise I will uh, I will answer to you by, by by email in the coming days after watching uh, the two uh, two options. It's okay, Benoit. It basically boils down: Do you want a flying horse or dragon? <laughs> Well, the good answer certainly there is to say, please, guys, when you are flying, please watch animation films, you know, when flying. I think that's right. <laughs> Correct? <laughs> this is a hard one. I don't know. Oh. I, you can choose who would be your companion, you know, when flying. Mm-hmm. I guess Pegasus, but oh, okay. Toothless is cool, Ooh. too. Uh, you know. Horse versus dragon, like mythical horse creature flying or a dragon. It's all pretty cool. So, you know, I'll take either. Go ahead, Marge. Um, <laughs> I worked on a season of How to Train Your Dragon this season, oh. the first season. Oh, wow. And so um, I I feel like I know Toothless. And I think the trick is if Toothless was okay with me flying with him, then it would work. If he's not, then it would not be good. You know, and so, That's um, you know, there is a whole training of the dragon to fly with you and they, you know, they like their person. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the advantage of Toothless is, I mean, he's a weapon, too. So if you're out <laughs> flying and there's some, you know, some danger that you get into, then uh, Toothless would be useful. Whereas uh, Pegasus is just a horse. You know, and the best. Yeah, that boy's just a horse. Yeah, true. I mean, he could get you away really fast, probably, but he couldn't, you know, shoot fire or, you know, defend you in any kind of way. Extra superpowers. That makes sense. And now, Benoit, for you, just imagine Annecy. It's eight days of just conversations like this. We're training you. That's all it is. <laughs> I think I would be able to continue it easily. Just to mention, the challenge is that I'm certainly no, actually, you know, those animation. Uh, the point is, uh, I know them, you know, with their French title. And that's why, actually, I felt to be lost. Oh. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so you know what to do next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll translate everything in French uh, yeah. next time, yes. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, all three of you, for playing. Benoit, thank you for trying. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate the honesty. (laughs) And to our audience, if you have any suggestions for future in-between questions, send us a message either on Twitter or Instagram at straightaheadap or send us an email at straightaheadpodcasts at gmail.com. So with 
without further ado, let's jump into this. Yuki and I are so honored that we're able to have uh, representatives of WIA uh, here with us talking about uh, their new initiative. But before we kind of dive into that, just want to say that uh, Women Animation is a well-known internationally in animation community. It's an organization that aims to empower and advocate for people of underrepresented gender identities in the arts, technology, production, and business of animation. Marge, as you mentioned, you are the president of WIA. Could you tell us how I got started, your involvement in the very beginning, and your role as being, well, the president of, of WIA? Sure. Well, WIA started actually in uh, 1984, and actually Heather was uh, one of the founding members uh, oh, back in wow. the day. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so she's been uh, working with us or involved with WIA from the very beginning. In 2013, uh, there was a small group of us that took over. At that time, uh, the co-presidents were looking for someone to, you know, sort of take it to the next level. And uh, so there was a, a group of us who stepped up and said, you know, we'll do it. I think I know for myself, I was very aware that socially things were starting to shift. And, uh, you know, those of us who were feminists uh, all through the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and we were in the closet, we were hiding underground, you know, like you couldn't even talk about it. And that was all shifting, you know, like there was a whole new generation that was coming up of young women and men who were like, no, this is bullshit. You know, it's like, this is not the way <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And and so we we sort of knew that the tide was shifting. And so uh, so we organized a very strong board and started doing programs. Um, mostly events was the, the initial thing of just networking, bringing people together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we started building it and building it. And I think probably one of the big turning points for us was we created a mentorship program. Mm, yeah. You know, initially we were doing it all by hand and people would submit and we would sit there with big lists of people and, you know, and organize the mentors and the uh, mentees. And then a couple of years in, in order to scale up, we actually hired somebody to write a platform for us that then made the submission process really easy or easier. And uh, we were able to handle large numbers of people. We do the program twice a year and uh, we have mentoring circles, which is kind of awesome. We didn't realize at the time that the mentoring circles had this extra value of creating a network, you know, so we would bring these five, six, 10 people together with a mentor, but they would bond and connect with each other. So it it really was a great program. And we usually have somewhere around, I'd say 35 to 40 mentors. So we have 35 Mm. to 40 circles. Each circle has anywhere from six to 15 people in it. You know, so it averages somewhere around eight or 10. So, Mm -hmm. you know, twice a year, hundreds of women are mentored. Mentoring became the foundation of of our organization and, and probably again, when we open up the submissions for mentees, for people applying to the program, I mean, we usually have, I would say six to 700 people apply each time. Wow. And it's also, I don't know if it's accepted, but the the rule is you can only do this once. And I think Mm -hmm. as the years progress, we'll start to open that up again. The need and demand for mentorship is huge. It is, you know, probably the best conduit for people to be able to get into the industry. Right. Mm -hmm. 
on that, we've had two guests previously on the podcast, uh, Juan Luis Bravo and Crystal Babich, who are both mentors for the mentorship circles. And we also had a few mentees, uh, Brie and Ashwarya as well, who, you know, benefited from that mentorship program. So it's doing great, wonderful things. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I mean, that's great to hear. I love hearing all those stories. I wish there was a way for us to collect you know, stories from people who are both mentors and mentees, you know, so actually if any listeners are out there and they've experienced the program, please let us know. Let us know what your experience was, because it's the more we expand. I mean, it, it is the probably the most effective tool that we have for, uh, you know, getting the doors to the industry open, which is our primary mission, you know, is right. to just get more and more people uh, into the industry. And just for context, you know, um. We're not 50-50 yet, but when we started in the 90s, literally the studio I was in when I started in the 90s, uh, I think we had one female director and the only women in the studio were still in color, which is a holdover Mm. from like way back in the day. When Heather mentions that women were still in color, she's referencing back in the day, uh, the only positions that women were mainly hired for in animation was in the coloring department where they would be painting cells for animated characters and backgrounds. It was uh, Rita Street that started it. And the first meeting ever of Wea was just a bunch of people in her living room sitting on the floor and all piled in in uh, Rita's <laughs> living room. And the whole mm. kind of thing was, well, the guys have the golf course. What do we have? You know, how do we get together? How do <laughs> oh my we, gosh. how do we, you know, just support each other and talk to each other and building those kind of relationships so that we had our own network to call each other and say, what are you getting paid? What are you, how are you, or where's the job? Or I'm unhappy. How do I move? You know? And so mm-hmm. right. that's mm-hmm. where it started from a much more informal kind of mentoring place, but just trying to make a network for us to improve ourselves. But I think it's really fascinating to think back. I mean, these mid nineties, not that long ago, there mm-hmm. were zero female storyboard artists. There were zero designers. Mm-hmm. You know, it was yeah. it was kind of color bus for ladies. One of the big changes that happened was the expansion of animation programs in schools. You know, it's sort of mm-hmm. the, as soon as the schools started opening that up and people were able to choose to go study animation, I think it shifted. I mean, and not right away. I mean, there are stories of uh, lots of stories of women who went to like CalArts and other animation programs and were the one or two women in the class. But no one has done gone back and mapped that out exactly. But my gut is it's somewhere around 2010, 2011, the shifted where the number of women studying animation crossed over the 50% line. I mean, and today, most of these programs are 65, 70, 75% female. Mm. And yet, Mm. in the workforce, in the creative roles, women are, I think today, we're up to 30% of the workforce, at least from from what we can tell. You know, when we took over in 2013, we were sitting somewhere around 20%. So, you know, in the last 10 years, it's moved up 10%. The really interesting statistic is of the new hires, like this, is you know, that number, the 30% is all people currently working, but all the people who are coming into the industry, so all the new jobs are 45% female. Mm. So that's really promising. 
So then, when, so then we have to talk about retention, which is another whole, <laughs> another whole big long. How do we? Yeah, you know, we're getting them in now. How do yeah. we keep women working? It's really cool to hear about like the history of Wea uh, from both of you, like being in the organization for so long. It's really like. I don't know, almost synonymous to me with like when I go to a convention, they're like, oh, have you joined WIA yet? Like, you gotta, you know, be involved in this if you're going to be in in animation. And now there's a whole ton of like uh, organizations, you know, like Black and Animated, Latinx and Animation that we've interviewed, who I believe have have been inspired by the organization that WIA has created and like doing their own mentorship circles and like growing the industry also like alongside uh, women in animation and i think that's really cool to see kind of like where we've come from in terms of mm -hmm. like you know as a community animation community i mean actually we've joined forces with all the uh, other advocacy mm -hmm. groups and so there is a sort of advocacy group coalition thing that's it's very nascent very new but it is uh growing and so i think you know the industry should watch out because once <laughs> we really solidify our forces together we can really make some good changes that is wonderful. I can't wait for that future and see what more what this kind of becomes. And uh, as a little more backstory, uh, Story X Women is created in a partnership with, you know, Women in Animation and FIAPF. Benoit, could you tell us a bit more uh, what the International Federation of Film Producers Association is? Yeah, sure. It, it was created uh, 89 years ago. Um, so oh we, celebrate, uh, we celebrate, you know, our 19th anniversary next year. It's, as you have been mentioning, and uh, it's pretty uh, clear, we are aggregating uh, national producers associations from 29 countries on four continents. These producer associations are really representing those behind uh, a diversity of productions. I would say theme of all genres, but including obviously, you know, animation. And FIAF is, is the voice of film producer worldwide. Uh, March was referring to advocacy efforts, and we are uh, the voice with the policymakers in particular, but not only with our colleagues also from all the creatives and uh, all the workers and so on, so on. But this is True Trade Association. FIAF is, is really defending a thriving and diverse local film production at national level uh, across the globe. And obviously, those conditions to make a production sector and the industry at large sustainable everywhere. I think we are an industry with um, a strong link with audiences. We bring story to them, to these audiences. We know that many of the, the stories which would go on screen uh, are changing lives. Mm -hmm. And we trust in diversity in stories. And having more women or, or more diverse creators behind this project, either as a director, a screenwriter, as a producer, uh, but also in the working force, is an important incentive for more diversity on screen. Uh, and obviously, what is true for feature, you know, is also true for specifically for feature animation. Yeah, it's wonderful. I'm glad that like uh, you guys are joining forces to do this wonderful program. Uh, would you guys actually mind telling us uh, about the, you know, your the new initiative of StoryX Women Program? Uh, Marge, would you want to chime in and let us know? It it did uh, originate out of uh, FIAP and uh, and their and their work with the Walt Disney 
company. And because one of our board members was is part of Disney and was brought into these discussions, we were made aware of the beginnings of the foundation of the program. And and so when we were offered the opportunity to join forces and support the program, we jumped right on board. It's so perfectly up our alley, mm-hmm. you know, of exactly what we are all about. As I said earlier, mentoring is a core part of our, our programs. Uh, what is kind of like the goal behind the program of what you guys hope to accomplish? I just would like to echo what Marge said. The program is, uh, is obviously, uh, uh, I would say, co-production between uh, uh, we are in Fiat, and uh, as Marge has been saying, it is sponsored by Walt Disney Animation Studios. And I would like to mm-hmm. highlight also the support of Trigofish Animation, uh, which is a well-known South African uh, uh, studio. I can only agree with what Marge said. I think, you know, Fiat and we are are really combining expertise and networking in, in this project. Marge is best place to talk about WIA, but WIA is clearly, you know, one of the leading voices and certainly, you know, one of the leading actors in bringing more women and mm. more presented persons in leading creative and business role in animation, making their work visible and making more women working for this industry. And FIAF brings the global networking and expertise because we work every day with producers and their national producers community in emerging and underrepresented countries. So it was actually the perfect match. That's really wonderful. Could you talk a little bit more about like what the format of the program is and like how you're sort of bringing these voices to the forefront? Sure, I'll, I'll kick it off and then Heather can pick it up because she's uh, you know more directly involved in the, the actual happenings. But the original idea was to make accessible, make Annecy, which is uh, Annecy Animation Festival, uh, you know, the biggest international festival in our industry. Mm. And also an amazing place and experience for anybody who works in the, in the industry. Um, you know, it's a place where people who love animation from all around the world come together and they celebrate it and they party together. And um, it's, you know, fun and interesting and you have access to people that you don't normally get access to. And and for that reason, it's an amazing place to be able to come, especially as a new time creator to come and share your work and get people to see it, you know, have the opportunity to pitch to that, you know, directly to the buyers. So that's the basic concept is we wanted to give that opportunity to countries where the animation industry is emerging. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's why we identified Africa, uh, Latin America, Southeast Asia. Asia Pacific. And so we were looking for women and underrepresented gender folks from those areas were people who had not had regular exposure or access to the industry to be able to come, first of all, to Annecy and then be mentored and to help them develop their projects so that then they can pitch it to possible buyers. And then that's where uh, we were fortunate enough to get Heather to join our team. And I, I was fortunate enough to have Marge call me up one day and say, hey, there's the thing. Do you want to jump in? <laughs> I really like meeting people that are new to the industry that have really great ideas, but maybe just, you know, never been to a, a really big market or have, you know, come from these underrepresented markets. So we all know 
a pitch Bible, a pitch deck goes together. Like, you know, Marge and I have probably seen how many in our lives, just thousands and thousands. And, you know, you just know, you remember the one that really works and you remember the ones that really don't work. And, and there's a formula to it, but if you're not exposed to that, then you just, you don't know. And so I really enjoy meeting people and working with them. And, and it is absolutely amazing to me time and time again, the growth is absolutely exponential. You know, the first meeting, maybe they've gone online and they've kind of, you know, have the outline of what a pitch deck is or a bunch of different things. And then you sit down with them and you say, okay, you know, who's this for? Is it preschool? Okay. What's the exact age? Okay. You need a log line, you know, and you just start mm-hmm. working with them, laying mm-hmm. out these basics. And and two days later, three days later, when you see uh, the pitch deck again, the the amount of uh, improvement just always knocks my socks off. And I just really like working with people to get them ready to go to these markets. Um, I've mentored people in China, uh, in Argentina, in Brazil, and it's just always the same story. There's so much talent out there that needs mm-hmm. just the slightest nudge, you know, the the slightest watering. You know, everybody that's doing development always says, oh, we're looking for the new, you know, the next best thing or the new original thing we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we can get quite insular in our heavy animation circles. And it's really mm-hmm. great to hear from outside people with just so much talent, but from a different point of view that brings that kind of different, unusual project to the marketplace that all the buyers are looking for. But it's just prepping them mm-hmm. so that when they get there, they're delivering it to these people, uh, the buyers, in a way that that they're used to so that they can, you know, better understand it and consume it. An interesting part of this program too, which has been really great, is that it isn't just, oh hey, let's talk about your stories. This is great. But, you know, my part of the mentoring is I've done two kind of two hour presentations. One on the business of the international markets. And then one about how to put together the pitch decks. And then I'm doing two one-on-one meetings of an hour, hour and a bit each to prepare for the, for the market. But I think what's been very smart about this program is that the entire first session was just, what is a market? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. who do you want to meet? Why do you want to meet these people? You know, because I think Annecy's huge. Annecy can be really overwhelming. And you really have to know do I, what is a co producer? Why do I need a co producer? What's the deal with tax credits? Everybody keeps talking about that. You know, and, and so we just sat down and did two whole hours presenting. What is the difference between a wholly owned production, like, you know, like a Netflix just comes in and and uh, produces it or a Cartoon Network comes in and produces it or a Nick or Disney versus a co-production? 
and who are the different partners in that involved in those productions and you know what what's the legal how do you how do you navigate that so the the whole first session i think was was really valuable because it was just business why are you there what are you mm-hmm. doing because that's an area i find people have the most questions about and find the most intimidating you know oh, yeah. art, mm-hmm. artists draw something hey no problem uh you know i have i need to get a lawyer what how, how does that work yeah. you know so what, what are sure. rights how to rights what's an option how long are they all that kind of stuff so i i feel like the program's been very well rounded to mm. prep people because anesy can be quite overwhelming if you're not ready for it yeah mm-hmm. that's incredibly invaluable especially since like i mean like you said artists we know how to draw stuff there's tons of information online now like there are artists all over the world creating beautiful things like uh it's really easy well easy to kind of learn those skills it's more accessible and then you get to the business point and you're like okay so how do i turn this into something that i can you know uh, get onto the world or even like make a living off of it there's very little information i believe online or like it's really hard to find like you can't really like google it so mm-hmm. That's really cool to hear that you guys are kind of setting these people up for, like, like you mentioned earlier, longevity and like staying power. One of the things within, they don't teach you in art school. Yeah, within like the animation scene, rather than just being like, okay, I made a film, kind of got it out there, and then like you know, it doesn't go anywhere because you don't know what to do with it. So that's extremely cool to hear that you're doing that. I think this is a a, a great like sort of general observation or something of you know really trying to work towards diversity in the workforce Mm. and in our media and all of that stuff, which is like, there are tons and tons of people with brilliant ideas and really, uh, you know, talented people Mm -hmm. and of all kinds of people. And, you know, the industry is, is totally mystified. You know, that's probably the big portal first door, you know, if you have your five doors that you have to go through, and I don't know what the other four are right now, but the first, <laughs> yeah. the first door is just getting information, understanding how things work. Most of us have learned these things on the job. You know, mm-hmm. it's sort of somehow we fortunately, somebody opened the door, we stepped in, and then you start the learning starts. But trying to just get that door open is tremendous. But even if you do get the door open, which is really my point, is really pretty much in the industry across the board is uh, outwardly committed to diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. But what they, what we don't, all of us don't really fully understand is the extent of the support that needs to go to the individual creators and the individual people who are, you know, that mm-hmm. we want to have in the industry. Like mm-hmm. I've seen a number of people come in, they, they have great potential. They come into like, even just looking at a job, not as a you know, necessarily creators, but they come in, say, as a storyboard artist or a designer, but there isn't the support to keep them there. The environment doesn't change, you know, so they've lost that sense of belonging. They don't feel like they belong. They, you know, aren't necessarily exposed to how to be a professional. Like, how do you work in an environment? How do you be an artist, but still be a professional? You know, all Mm -hmm. of these basic, you know, not basic, but all of these things that without the extra support, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and mentoring, it, you know, people fail. And then yeah. that becomes this vicious circle of, oh, we tried diversity and it didn't work. 
you know, mm-hmm. you know, these people yeah. did not achieve, they didn't succeed. And so, you know, so therefore, you know, we're going to keep going with the people that we know and that we've worked with before and who we can rely on, which just puts us back to, you know, square one. Yeah. So in it's, it's just sort of like the first phase is open the door. The second phase is let's get, you know, we get people in, but what do we do to build an industry that can support, you know, a diverse workforce and diverse creators? Yeah. Open the door, but then keep them in the room. Right. Yeah. That's the foundation of this program. Beno, is there anything you want to add? You know, what is certainly essential is the fact that delegates would be in Annecy are coming from different backgrounds and different regions. Uh, some of them are scene writers, some of them are directors, some of them are producers. And obviously, you know, you cannot expect these people could understand how the international market operates. At least some of them might not be aware of. Um, as Isar has been saying, well, it's important that everybody be on the same level in terms of understanding. Mm-hmm. And this is what we want to have Isar and uh, some other industry practitioners during the mentorship to, to share actually who are you going to meet and why. If your project, because all of them will have a project in development, uh, looking for financing and looking for partners. So if you are looking after a distributor, that's something. If you are looking after producers, that's something different. So it's really actually to accompany, you know, these people who are true professionals in an environment which might be slightly different from the ones, you know, they experienced in the past. But it's very true that some of them, you know, have already that experience and that's great. But it's really actually to bring everyone at the same level. And actually, you know, they will have a senior team, you know, uh, attending Annecy. And, um, and also so what was not mentioned already is the fact that um, obviously these delegates will attend Women Animation World Summit in March, and they will have you know, an incredible opportunity to meet with people who obviously you know are totally convinced of the fact that this industry you know show and will be more diverse in the future. So it's uh, extra support, extra uh, networking, and certainly, you know, extra expertise uh, during their visit in Annecy. The other big point of, of all the mentorship that we've done, I think, is just saying that, yes, you're going to this market. Yes, you want to pitch your show and you want somebody to say yes. And wouldn't it be amazing if it got made? But if it doesn't, because we've all pitched about a thousand things that haven't gotten made, it's the mm-hmm. start of a relationship, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going there to just market yourself with this one project that, oh my gosh, I'm going to die if it doesn't get made. You're going there to market yourself as a creative person that, that other people in the industry want to know and start having a relationship with. One of the things I kind of also want to mention is that one of our goals of this podcast is to spotlight, you know, Black, Indigenous, and people of color voices. And that is clearly the goal of Stories X Women. Uh, why is it important for WIA and also uh, FIAPF to showcase voices with different cultural backgrounds? Giuseppe, I know we're running out of time with you, so I want to get you on uh, before you have to go. It's really back to what I was saying earlier. I think, you know, it's certainly essential that each country, each cultures, be in a position to recognize himself, herself on screen. And mm-hmm. it's, um, it's obviously important for our relation with 
uh, the audiences, but it's certainly even more important because it's reaffirming the role of um, any audiovisual productions uh, in the life of people. You know, I'm coming from Europe where audiovisual film, you know, is fully part of um, the cultural industries and fully part of any cultural policies. It has a meaning. And, um, and, and the fact that obviously what we are trying to do today is to secure that um, any people across the world be in a position to recognize his or a story on screen first, uh, be also able to understand that uh, what, what are the stories of the guys, you know, in the next, uh, in the country next door, if not in the next region. And um, it's very true that uh, if our industry is not dedicated to this goal, no one else will help us actually, you know, to do that. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's also why communities uh, like the producers are want actually, you know, to, to get committed uh, to have things changing. We basically started to, to talk about gender equality, diversity. I think it was 16 or 17 years ago. And we started actually, you know, to take action at that time. It's, uh, it would be certainly, you know, uh, a permanent commitment because we need actually to make uh, this collective commitment to 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 be materialized and uh, this is exactly what we are doing with uh, stories by women i think for we it makes sense because we is invested in making lives and work better for all people because women make mm-hmm. up all people you know like for every kind of person there is there's a female version of it and so it is really our our commitment to, you know, to have an inclusive uh, approach or uh, intersectional approach to everything that we do, and and we committed to this very early on in the the relaunch of WIA, and um, you know the history of the women's movement is is been you know I think unfortunately seen as a middle class white women's you know, organization or, you know, movement. And that's so short-sighted. I mean, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying it's not true because I think it was true historically, Mm. but it doesn't need to be true. And it doesn't actually make any sense at all uh, to limit it, you know, to limit our scope or our vision or our commitment to, you know, a a small portion of uh, the women who are out there. So we are very much committed to, uh, as I said, an intersectional approach uh, we've all we also are uh, over the last three years been really having discussions about even, you know, the definition of woman and, you know, who does that include? And, you know, we're moving much more towards uh, taking on a, a gender justice perspective on the work that we do. And we have already stated that, you know, as far as we're concerned, we're working for all underrepresented gender folks. So, you know, trans folks, non-binary, undecided, all the different uh, variations. So, you know, anyone who, because of their gender or gender choices or no choices, are misrepresented or underrepresented. So uh, it, it, this is right in line 100% with uh, what WIA is about. It's also partly why we talk more about WIA as opposed to women in animation. Like we're mm-hmm. leaning much more towards using that anagram uh, just to be able to make the organization more welcoming uh, to, you know, the wide range, the wide spectrum of uh, gender folks out mm-hmm. there. 
And I think when you think about like what what is successful, what is going to be successful on screens, just from a programming point of view, you're a kid, you sit down, what appeals to you? Kids are the future and their world is not going to be where we've come from. You know, our future Mm -hmm. is a much more gender fluid Uh, colored world than the one we have lived in. And I think we have to catch up to be able to provide kids with what they're going to be expecting. Just wanted to quickly say that Benoit is currently in Cannes during the time of this recording and actually had to just step out to attend a panel. So that's why you won't be hearing any responses during the duration of the podcast. With that said, I'm going to segue into the next question. So uh, could you tell us a little bit more about the recently announced six uh, delegates or delegations who will be participating in this program? And how did you guys go about choosing these six? How we chose them is uh, we we opened uh, submissions. We did because... This is the first year of the program, and this is a program mm-hmm. that we will be repeating every year. Uh, we have oh, a commitment wow. uh, to do it again anyway next year. And so we have a commitment from both FIAP, WIA, and Disney uh, to repeat this. This year, we took referrals, you know, nominations. We went out to a lot of different organizations and companies and uh, just people that we knew in the locations that geographies, the geographical locations that we identified and um, asked them to make nominations. And we had, I think, almost 100 nominations. And uh, we've so and then we formed a committee of people, you know, various people in the animation industry, you know, receive, you know, people who are uh, de- related to development in some way or another. Uh, to go through them and um, we broke the list down into buckets and then uh, people at least two or three people looked at each one and uh, and then we all joined together and had a several hour conversation going through each one uh, and figuring out you know who this the six were then we had six selected and then uh, also two alternatives in case someone dropped out which is what happens. One of the six did drop out. So one of the alternates has moved into that spot. So that was the process of choosing. And the the projects are really diverse. You know, we have some from South America. Uh, we have uh, one from South Asia. We have two now from South Africa. So it's been really interesting to Mm. Uh, to work with all these different different regions and also see mm. the different kind of projects that are that are coming like uh, and that have been selected. It's everything from, you know, a very adult graphic, cool project uh, out of uh, South America to very, very sweet preschool shows as well. So it's not only, wow, everybody coming from all over the world, but it's also bringing all different kinds of projects. Which is great because then you can kind of recommend different people for them to meet with at the market Mm -hmm. as well. Because, you know, there's certain buyers for certain programs that aren't going to be interested in an adult animation project isn't going to sell to the same people that are buying the preschool show. So it's great Mm -hmm. to have such diversity even on that level because you can say, oh, you should meet with so-and-so. You should meet with so-and-so. So it it's great to kind of be able to 
spread around meetings like that as well. I'm looking forward to meeting everybody in person because I've only seen them a number of times over the screens and not the same as as meeting in person. So it's going to be fun to meet everybody. That's going to be really great. Yeah, definitely. And on Monday, uh, the first day of Annecy, uh, is the WEA World Summit, which is an event that we've done every year for the last five years. This is, I think this is year five. It gets blurry with COVID in there. We still did them, but we weren't there in person. You know, and this is a whole day of panel discussions on issues of gender justice. And and we're focusing very much on, uh, you know, diversity inclusion as a solution to or one of the solutions to the labor shortage that's happening uh, in the animation industry. And several of the delegates are going to actually be on a panel, a couple of them, I think, are going to be on a panel uh, that is the very first panel talking about what is gender justice around the world. And and we, again, specifically went to, like everybody knows what the issues are in the U.S. and in Western Europe and, you know, places like that, because we're in the press, we're in the news, you know, everybody's focused on that, but it's very different in different pockets of the world. And so we really wanted to give, you know, folks from Asia, from Latin America, you know, these all of the same constituencies that we're looking at for the program. But we wanted representatives to come and talk about, you know, what is it like to be a gender underrepresented person in the place that you live? Like, what are the key issues? What are the key things that you struggle against? And mm-hmm. um, and what are the advantages that you might have? It'll be a great day for all of them. It's also a great opportunity for them to meet in a very, you know, sort of casual, positive environment. Like of all the places they'll be during that week, that is the room that is full of people who want to support them. You know what I mean? Like you'll go into other rooms and it might be a little iffy. Probably there will be people that want to support you, but you don't know it. In this room, you know that there isn't anybody there who doesn't want to support underrepresented voices and and to see these people succeed. So it, we knew it would be a, a great kickoff to their experience, you know, at Annecy. So hopefully by Tuesday, when they start going into the the full-on force of Annecy, they will feel very inspired, very supported, and, and very directed and committed to uh, doing what they're going to do. And I think that's great, too, to have that whole first day where, because the... Mm-hmm. The WIA Summit is just like anybody who's anybody is kind of there. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of executives that are there, it's great. It's such a great uh, networking experience. So I think just even that day, they're going to get to meet so many people and also get like, you know who you should talk to? You should talk to so-and-so or, oh, mm-hmm. I need to know you. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have time on Thursday or whatever? So I think once they get there and in the groove, I hope they're going to be surprised. It's a warm community and people do want to help out and meet. It'll be great just to see them there and taking advantage of those opportunities. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Before we get into our final question, how can our audience get involved uh, with WIA? And how can we follow along with the the six delegates for uh, Stories X Women? Uh, if you want to follow along with the projects, it's probably the uh, the long term of following any project, which is writing down that title and then continuing to Google 
and see, you know, who picked it up, who optioned it, who's picked it up to be a co-producer on it. We can have also the names of the, the delegates and the projects in the description of this episode. The easiest way to get involved with WIA is to go to the website and see all of the various programs that we have that, that we offer. The website is womeninanimation.org. And, you know, not only will you find the mentoring program that I spoke about earlier, but we also have a talent database. So if mm-hmm. you're out there and you're an underrepresented gender person, uh, you can put yourself into the database. And uh, it is... Um, a database that gets used by, you know, studios all around the world, but in in particular uh, across Hollywood, Um, they all have access to it and and are very excited about the opportunity to be able to find names of people. I mean, that is half of the struggle is most hiring is happening by people going, oh, who do I know? You know, as opposed (laughs) to looking at a list. So, um, mm. so you can put yourself into that. There is our job postings. There's a lot of resources. Uh, we, uh, is, you know, we're on, uh, we have various social media, you know, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. I mean, you could just find us and, and that is also another great source of not only what we is doing, but we share a lot of information about what other people are doing, you know, other organizations, as well as showcase uh, our members and the work that they're doing. The other thing that's good to know about WIA is if you are a student, is that there are uh, student clubs uh, all across the U.S., and, yeah. um, you know, so if there isn't one at your school, I mean, first of all, look and see if there is one at your school. And if there isn't one, contact us and uh, maybe we'll help you set one up. Citizenschool.com is our website for, uh, for my company. And then on that site is all the links to Citizen School Productions and Citizen Kids. Awesome. Awesome. And as we come to a close, any final advice that you want to bestow on those that want to pursue a career in animation? in meetings, ask questions. I think people think when they're starting out, like you're supposed to know everything and you're Mm -hmm. not supposed to know everything. And so I think, you know, in a meeting, if you don't understand something, say, hey, how does that work? Or, oh, this doesn't, you know, if you get that uh, rejection in a meeting, it's like, yeah, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work for us. I think that's a great time to just ask why, why not? Or did you understand this? Or do you think that the stories aren't strong enough? Like, just, just ask, you're not going to learn if you don't ask and, and talk to people, you know, that's, I said to everybody in this mentorship program, everybody's at Annecy to meet and talk to everyone else. So, you know, don't stand there like a wallflower, walk up to people and be like, hey, I'm so and so I was chosen, you know, to be in this program, Stories Time Women. And, you know, who are you? What do you do? Like, you know, and I always just think, just ask, what's the worst somebody can say? No, or thanks, or walk away, like whatever, you know, and that's not going to happen. Mm. So especially uh, as we're talking about like, diversity and diversity in voices, especially if you're like a shy person or somebody who's not really used to talking or asking questions, I think that's really important to hear your voice or your opinion, like from from that perspective. And in that way, like, you know, really helps. (laughs) Just put yourself out there. (laughs) The worst that Mm -hmm. happens is they say no, or I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. And, and, you know, I think that you walk into these situations, you just need 
somebody to say, it's okay, you don't know everything. I don't know everything. I know I'm going to have meetings where, you know, there's going to become, there's going to be that question at the end of the meeting. How can I help? Or what do you need? Or why are we meeting? You know, and and you have to have, you have to know why you're meeting. What do you want? And then you have to tell them, you know, and, and if, mm-hmm. and if they say, well, we want to option it, it's like, okay, well, what does that mean for how long is there money? Is there not money? You know, I mean, yeah, you're only going to know if you ask. And I think mm-hmm. we're all in this weird kind of place right now because it's been COVID. We haven't gotten together in two years. The whole mm-hmm. industry has shifted from, uh, linear viewing to streaming video. And there's been a ton mm-hmm. of consolidations and rearranging of the big companies. So we're all trying to figure out what this new marketplace looks like. So even those of us that have been in the industry for a long time. So, you know, if you're new, you probably have the same questions that a lot of us have right now, because uh, it, it really feels this fantasy feels like a real restart because we're all like, who, who's buying over there? What, what are they looking for? What's that deal? You know, because we haven't gotten together and it's an entire new landscape. Well, audience, if you enjoyed our interview with Women in Animation and FIAF today, please rate and follow us on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP. Thank you to Beatrice Valenzuela for reaching out to us from WIA to talk about this amazing program. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. We love discovering new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. Thanks again for listening, and thank you once again to all of our wonderful guests who will continue to have a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Goodbye.